0: It's This Week in Bourbon, where we're also for sale, but for $601 million. And here's your headlines for November 4th, 2022. The Campari Group has agreed to acquire a 70% stake in Kentucky-based Wilderness Trail Distillery for $420 million. Old Forester and King Ranch are releasing a limited edition whiskey called, well, Old Forester King Ranch Edition. And Lux Road Distillers announced the newest variant in the Ezra Brooks brand family, Old Ezra Seven Year Straight Rye Whiskey. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel, It's Bourbon Night, bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixirs Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at WhiskeyAmbitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium, hand marriage of 10-, 11-, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another This Week in Bourbon, and welcome back, Ryan, to This Week in Bourbon. Uh, I I hate to say I wish I was still in Spain. But... (laughs)
1: I heard Fred did great, and ever nobody missed me, and they kind of said, "Wish he would do it
0: every week instead of you." So, <laughs> there might have only been a few of those that said there. Now, nah, Fred, you know Fred, he he comes on here, and he has got he's an encyclopedia full of knowledge. So, whenever we just started talking about brands, he'd be like, "Isn't that based off a baseball player?" You know, there's not a whole lot of brands based off baseball players, and he went on a five minute tangent. Of baseball and bourbon and how they come together <laughs> i was just looking here i was like oh my god where's the i think i asked the wrong questions here you're like i just need short one-liners from ryan <laughs> not uh not wikipedia
1: pages yeah but uh We're i'll, I'll take in 45 minutes i'll take 599 million 599 million
0: 599 I'll, million i'll go one less okay yeah i guess we'll actually i'll even. i'll take 30 million cut him a deal cut him a deal yeah. why not So, let's go ahead and let's let's jump into that first news article of the week. And this was the big one. It came out earlier this week, and I think I would say it rocked the nation. But a lot of us were kind of looked back and had some opinions, and I think we'll talk about it a little bit later here. But Italy's Campari group, they have agreed to acquire a 70% stake in Wilderness Trail for a sum of $420 million. As a part of the deal, uh, Campari has the option of buying the remaining 30% of the distillery in 2031. This move will allow Campari to have a significant expansion in its production capacity and aging inventory to meet future growth of its premium bourbons, including Whiskey Barons, which is currently capped due to capacity constraints. The group's CEO said In 2021, Wilderness Trail's full year net sales reached 40.8 million, with the company's bourbon and rye brands generating only $7.2 million in sales. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, or EBITDA, reached And Wilderness Trail is expected to report a sales increase of 39% to $57 million for the 2022 full year, with EBITDA proceed to hit around $37 million. Campari said the total enterprise value for the complete ownership of Wilderness Trail is around $600 million. And that's what it's valued at, which is 16 times the expected EBITDA. The agreement which is subject to customary closing conditions is expected to close by the end of this year stumbled on EBITDA a few times, but that's always one of those things that, <laughs> I, never, that I... Yeah, I've always... I, I know what it is, but I never ever... I can never say it. I I can... As much as was going on between uh, Taylor Cope inside of the Twitter sphere, we had our own talk in our own Bourbon Community Roundtable side, I still can't get my head wrapped around that concept and what it means. I never went to business school, or I got an... Well, I went to business school, but I never got an MBA, so I never really understood what any of this stuff actually meant. What earnings before interest? Well, I
1: mean, basically, you can manipulate your books, you know, to say if you want to not manipulate, but you can say if you want to look less profitable, you can make purchases and instead of depreciating things in one year, you can expand it over multiple years or vice versa. So it's just a cleaner way of looking how truly profitable you are without doing uh, writing off interest, depreciation appreciate you know all the various things that are in so it's kind of a true like profitability um before those variable that people can decide how they want to um cook their books not in a shady way but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just there there's different ways you can you can become more profitable you know to look more profitable but pay more taxes and that's what you want to do when you're going to be for sale or you're looking to raise money But if you're wanting to hold on to cash, then you can depreciate more assets and not look as more profitable. So you don't pay as much taxes, but you're going to to spend more on growth. So that's EBITDA is the true way to look at really how much profit the company is making. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. I I can see that. And the one thing that threw me off here is that it went 16 times the expected. Yeah, that's very, that's a very inflated. (laughs) That's unheard of usually. So
1: uh, good, good for them. I mean, uh, that's, I would have to say a lot of that's be based on, it's not EBITDA, it's based on inventory. And so that's kind of, uh, um, as you know, and well, as we know, but people may not know, when you purchase or inventory or you make inventory, uh, that sits on a balance sheet and it doesn't get taken to your profit and loss statement. So it's not really a, uh, expense per se but there's a balance sheet item of inventory that's floating out there so uh, I would say a lot of that so it, that might be a misconstrued that at 16 times EBITDA um, is probably less
0: that and then more of inventory uh, that was paid for by this yeah you got to understand that I'm sure that they've been cranking out bourbon now for the past six eight years but they, they only had their their what second still or the other one in I think two or three years ago so they have a lot of stuff that's laid down that isn't ready to be sold yet and so they've got a, a while to kind of crank the you know crank that up plus everybody knows that wilderness trail had a lot of contract distillation too and perhaps right. that had something to do with it maybe some people inside the contracted barrels got bought out of it i have no idea yeah or they could have
1: been inv- those investor barrels that you know we've all talked about and you know maybe campari offered them you know a pretty nice return to get those into their possession because you know it's nice to have product ready to sell in two to three years versus six years so um you know that's uh that's probably what came into play there and you know yeah you read the financials and only 7.8 million was going towards the actual brands and so there's a ton of contract distillation in that business model so uh yeah it's Excellent. fascinating
0: Somebody was saying when you see that that difference in the amount of what the brands were generating versus what they were making in other types of revenue, somebody said, "Well, if you look at their six hundred million dollar valuation, that must mean that there's a lot of other wilderness trail product that's out there on the market that nobody really knows about, probably more than wilderness trail itself." If oh there, yeah, definitely. It's starting stuff, to trickle yeah. out. Um, you know, I mean,
1: we know the brands and. We, we shouldn't talk about them because they're under NDAs, but uh, we, there there's several you know bigger brands that are starting to put their stuff out, and uh, yeah, it's this is a great for Pat and Shane. I mean they they're such great people. The whole team there at Wilderness Trail, and I'm so happy for them. I hope this is a good move long term for them. And, you know, I'm I'm not too familiar with Campari. Um, you know, obviously Wild Turkey and Hey, I love Aperol. My wife loves Aperol spritz, <laughs> but uh, you know they they just kind of uh, you know it's kind of a mystery company over there in Italy. You know we really haven't dealt with them too much. We all I thought the play would be Card to purchase something like this because they have while well, they have Rabbit Hole producing whiskey here, it's still a small scale and it's in downtown Louisville and there's not much room for expansion. And so I thought Pernod would make more sense. I just thought if Campari or what someone would do like this, they would just expand onto their existing still. But uh, maybe, you know, just there was so much aged inventory that's probably going to be ready and that's ready to sell now or in two to three years that it kind of jump catapults that
0: uh, process for them. Yeah, I was about to say, to sit there and say, okay, let's go ahead and double the size of wild turkey. You'd probably be spending... More money and waiting a lot longer than it would to just go right. ahead and lump, lump down the money to just go ahead and buy Wilderness Trail, and you're right on the um, the Pernod side that it did seem it seemed like it was a a good avenue for them. When we were talking in our small little group chat on Twitter with the community roundtable, Fred is still under the guise that this could be still be setting up Wild Turkey for a sell off. I don't see it <laughs> happening, but he's he's still very much holding on to that belief that Wild Turkey could be in a sell-off position.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, I I think this just I think this is just Campari doubling down on American whiskey, and I think they see the future still bright. And um, you know, and they have such a strong foothold in Europe. Maybe this is a good thing to help get bourbon, you know, more into Europe as well. Um, you know, there's. I was just there and there's really only, you know, Wild Turkey obviously is there and um, mostly Jim Beam and Wild Turkey, a little bit of Bullet and a little bit Jim. And uh, that that's really Jack Daniels, obviously, but as far as Kentucky bourbon, there was only two to three options pretty much at every every bar or any store. And so the potential's there. I mean, obviously, you'd have to put a ton of resources in changing a culture to stop drinking, not stop drinking scotch, but switch over to to drinking uh Bourbon, but I was encouraged that every bar and restaurant I went to had at least one bourbon cocktail, and they made fantastic New York sours, and uh, (laughs) that's that's what I came impressed with. And so that that's encouraging, and um, you know maybe this just helps you know to give them the resources they need to if they were to go into Europe or other markets as well. Um, But I, I do think this helps, as they said in the article, with the premium brands. A lot of these bigger companies are having to rob from their premium offerings to fulfill their everyday brands and i think they want to stop robbing from those um, and have the the
0: product to to support those uh more premium brands moving for sure well i'm just glad you said that the new york sours are, are really good over there because it's a house favorite over here as well i think it's probably one of the best cocktails out there and i, I hope oh, yeah. that it it takes down the what was it the, the chocolate martini or whatever that that craze that we're in right now or espresso martini that's what everybody's kind of going after right now
1: yeah and one guy tried to make it with McAllen 12 and i was like this is terrible Uh, i mean i try i i try i went in there with open eyes i tried like McAllen 12 15 some glenn levitt 15 some glenn morgy i tried to like go in with an open mind That shit sucks. People, there is so much opportunity with bourbon over there. I I, I mean, they just need to
0: try it. You have to be a one man (laughs) advocation band over there and just wear your bourbon pursuit t shirt and see if you can make some loyal listeners out of them. (laughs) I know.
1: I'm not, I'm not, I mean, four year bourbon is way more palatable than that stuff. So, uh, I don't know. That's just me. That's all right. Go on the offensive there. We'll I take just it.
0: pissed off every Scotch brand ever. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we're not Scotch Pursuit. well we'll live, right. to, we'll live to see another day. <laughs> That's right. So we know that a few weeks ago, Jane Bowie and Denny Potter, they announced their departure from Maker's Mark, but they are now announcing their next venture, and that is going to be a new distillery that they're going to open here in the next two years. So the new distillery will be located in Washington County, Kentucky and will focus on producing whiskey. Go figure, specifically bourbon. Currently, there are no plans for a distillery name or a brand name, but the duo's focus is getting their ideal distillery built and starting to produce whiskey. And this was found out via Jane Bowie on a Facebook post because all of the, and I'm spitballing here because all of the records, the public records, when they were going to try and get tax incentives, weren't going to be made public. And so people were going to find out about it anyway. So they figured they'd just go ahead and say what they're getting ready to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I knew about this being in Washington County. I, so it wasn't like news to me per se, but, uh, it, I was kind of more interested. What's the brand who's behind it, but I guess, you know, it's, uh, to be determined. So, um, yeah we'll just sit and wait but exciting you know stuff like this makes me feel good about where whiskey's going in bourbon because they're at least six years out from releasing four to six years from releasing their own stuff so uh you know and those are two of the best names in whiskey you know out there so if they see that and are willing to leave the pinnacle of companies uh one of the pinnacle
0: of companies then that's encouraging for the whole industry, I would say you're right. I think if you're working at makers mark, you're kind of at the the tip of the iceberg. You're at the top of the ladder there, and when it comes to brands and recognition across the globe, and to be able to go away from there and build your own distillery from the ground up is is no easy feat. I'm sure that most people know if you've listened to the 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 show and you've talked to you know we have talked about Shrout Tate Wilson on the mechanical engineering and plumbing side of things, and then you have the Joseph and Joseph on the architecting things. Uh, just construction in general two years is probably a, a <laughs> it's a it's a lot of hope but that's it was blazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was funny um lauren asked me because I, I told her i was like oh this is what's gonna happen so my wife i told her and she goes oh well you think they would have started you know while they were working at maker's mark and i go you can't do that and like that's called <laughs> moonlighting <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was like but there's other people that came out with a brand like two weeks after they left i go Yeah, I'm pretty sure that wasn't the best intentions of what they should have been doing either, so.
1: But I am excited, I mean, because Denny's, he's one of our favorite guests, and he's just a great, he's a talented distiller and just a great person, and Jane's obviously a fantastic, innovative blender, and with the wood finishing stuff they've done with makers, I mean, I'm excited for them to get going and start making stuff, because I'm sure it's going to be very
0: good. I have to. I would have to guess that they're going to have to source something to begin with.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. There's uh, no way. I, I would assume just, that's the plan. You can't bleed unless money they just for just six got, years uh, unless they just got this loaded angel for, <laughs> that just has money to burn for four to six years. But the good news for him, they're going to have a ton of options here <laughs> for in the in the with next the few years? Investor barrels.
0: So yeah, they'll well, have options for uh, doing some barrels for sure. Sure. All right. Our last news story is that Paul Roger Portfolio has announced the addition of Leeper's Fork Distillery to its stable of wine and spirit producers, marking the agency's first foray into the Tennessee whiskey category. Leeper's Fork Distillery is an independent and family owned business located in Williamson County, Tennessee. And their small batch whiskey distillery produces just 25,000 gallons of whiskey annually using pre-prohibition distillation techniques. And Leapers Fork Tennessee Whiskey joins Glen Farkas Highland Single Malt to become the Paul Rogers Portfolio Second Spirit. So just congratulations on them. Yeah. who Who's this company again? It, Paul Rogers. P-O-L-R-O-G-E-R. Paul Roger.
1: Huh. Okay. It's
0: mostly they have a bunch of wine. Gotcha. I, it, that's, I removed all that from the the announcement here because people don't care, but this was again, their second spirit, but just to kind of show you that other big names are trying to gobble up smaller ones now. So it's kind of good to see that too. It's not, it's not all $600 million deals out there. Yeah. And Lieber's Fork makes
1: fantastic whiskey. I was down in Franklin, Tennessee and I had a, they had a bottled and bond at the bar and I tried it and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really good. And it wasn't made, It was made by them. It wasn't contract distilled. And uh, yeah, so
0: congratulations to them. It was good stuff. There we go. One more down, but let's stick around. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus Magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. From TikTok to Instagram and beyond, and get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's point of sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/Bourbon, all lowercase, and go to Shopify.com/Bourbon to take your retail business. To the next level today, Shopify.com/slash-bourbon. Howdy, everybody! We're back with bourbon release news. I guess I said howdy because if you're listening to this, I'm in Texas right now. I'm getting ready to do a lot of stuff. I'm actually in Houston if you're listening to this, and I will be at the Houston Whiskey Social tomorrow as well. So make sure you stop by if you're going to be there. I'd love to be able to meet more people and. I, and it, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm jumping the gun too. Is that we're recording this on a Tuesday? I hope people are going to be there. I hope they're going to show up because if they don't, it's because uh, the sixth game of the World Series is going to be right there <laughs> during the middle of Houston Whiskey Social. So that's going to it's going to have some people looking in a different direction for a few hours. Oh man, yeah, you're uh, you're double dipping while you're out
1: there. You're like doing. You're Like Mr. Player out there going to Dallas and Houston. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to trying to make it all all happen. It's a lot easier to go from Dallas to Houston than it is to go from Kentucky to Dallas, Dallas, Kentucky, wait a few weeks, Kentucky to Houston, oh, back yeah. and so forth. So figured I'd just it go is. ahead and knock it out. I love Texas. It's
1: it's gr- I've never been to Houston though, so I'm jealous I need to go next time. But this it's my will mom's my second time going. Nice. It's my mom's sixtieth birthday this weekend, so I'm Throwing her, up. hopefully, she's. I don't think she listens, but we're <laughs> having a surprise party. <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh.
0: laughs> hold on to your boots. <laughs> wait, wait, just act like you're still surprised. Like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So, our first news article, and by the way, this they embargoed this starting on November 1st. And this has been the worst kept secret in bourbon for a while. And I'll tell you why. And so Old Forester and King Ranch, which you've ever heard of King Ranch. I didn't know really about it before. Like this, the but. four trucks? No, that's another King Ranch edition. <laughs> this is, uh, this okay. is so King Ranch <laughs> is the birthplace of American ranching and Old Forester and King Ranch they're releasing a limited edition whiskey that pays homage to the hard work, ingenuity and lasting of two legacy and two iconic brands and it's aptly named Old Forester King Ranch Edition. It is going to be only available in Texas starting today. Well, you say today, but it's been sold out for a few weeks. And this marks the first iteration of the limited edition expression that celebrates the rich history of the Brown Foreman family, uh, sorry, the Brown family of Brown Foreman and the descendants of King Ranch founder Richard King. It's bottled at 105 proof from a proprietary batch of Old Forester bourbon using heav- heavily charred barrels. The bourbon is then finished through King Ranch Mesquite charcoal. The charcoal was created from mesquite trees harvested from the ranch. The process brings a touch of Texas and helps highlight the bold flavor notes of this new bourbon. The suggested retail price for King Ranch is $70, and it will only be available in Texas. But That sounds I saw I saw at least two weeks ago that these bottles were already on shelves and being sold across the state of Texas. So it's probably, like I said, the worst, anybody that's in Texas already knows about it. So uh, if you're just now finding out about it, it because it hit secondary and they were going for 250 bucks. I don't think people realize how many cases of this stuff were gonna be out there. And so secondary's plummeted. And the only people that are buying it are people that don't live in Texas now. But I did read that this is going to be an ongoing annual release so just expect more to come out so don't you know get get upset if you don't see one don't try to overpay because there will always be more it's so it is the same king ranch that partners with
1: ford like the king ranch ford edition for f-150 it's the same ranch i guess that is doing with old forester i mean it seems this a, must like be a some kind of special This must be a special ranch.
0: I I looked at the website. It looked pretty damn big. It's like the, I guess, the real life Yellowstone. I mean, like I said, it it looked pretty big, but that's kind of cool. Good little Never heard of bourbon with mesquite finish. That's weird. (laughs) There's another Texan. From another Texan. (laughs) How weird. How weird. Uh, You know. Innovation runs deep. Let's put it that's, that way. That's like the honey barrel. Never <laughs> 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 It's true. This is so, so innovative, so unique. Nobody ever thought of this before us. Or if we did, we let them, let them test it out and we made sure we had it right this time. That's right. So last year, the collaboration between George Dickel and Leopold brothers brought whiskey fans, a one of a kind historically inspired blend as they sought to challenge the status quo on rye offerings in the market. And this November, Following that success of the inaugural release, the two distilleries are excited to announce the return of the George Dickel and Leopold Brothers collaboration blend. The award-winning whiskey blends Leopold Brothers celebrated three-chamber rye with George Dickel's column still rye produced at Cascade Hollow Distilling, recreating a historic style. The Cascade Hollow component of the blend debuted in 2021 In the inaugural release of the collaboration blend, blend, making, I'm sorry, that was marking the first time whiskey fans were actually able to enjoy a rye whiskey distilled at Cascade Hollow. It's going to be bottled at 100 proof, and the price tag is $110. I like Cascade Hollow rye. It's good. Yep. I had the opportunity to try this, not this one, but the first one when I went and visited Leopold Brothers out in Denver and actually tried the three-chamber rye very interesting tried this very interesting but it's exactly what you'd think there's a little bit of I mean it's good it's, it's good there's no that else to say but i have to wait for a real whiskey <laughs> I haven't like got I, to try it. Yeah. Kenny's bourbon royalty you get to try everything <laughs> well I, I was gonna start talking about it then I, I looked at my head I uh, was thinking I was like damn it I don't remember anything of what I tasted <laughs> I can't remember any tasting notes whatsoever so just winged it yep Good job. All right. Well, <laughs> swing and a miss, right? <laughs> so, Kentucky based Log Still Distillery is introducing a new weeded bourbon to the Monk's Road product line. And it's called Monk's Road Weeded Bourbon. And it's a four year old, 94 proof expression that is intended to appeal to all whiskey drinkers and will be made available for $43 right now in retail locations across Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee, and Mississippi. Mm, there you go. Exciting sweet. sweet. Yeah. Got it. I like weeded bourbon, so I'd like to try it. I'm really liking these no-nonsense names people are putting into it, it, though. Oh, I agree. That's It's refreshing. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't make up some words. You know, you don't have to really dig in deep into the thesaurus. Just call it what it is. Yep. Well, here we go. Let's go in the opposite direction. So, Wyoming Whiskey, <laughs> they're announcing this year's annual and limited release offerings of their barrel-strength bourbon, Outrider Straight American Whiskey, and Single Barrel. Wyoming Whiskey is releasing its third national batch of barrel-strength bourbon, and this addition of barrel-strength comes with a new label, and is from barrel number 9735, and was selected for its excellence by, whis- by, by Wyoming Whiskey's master blender, Mrs. Nancy Fraley herself. It is a five-year-old and bottled at 122.4 proof, and offers a distinct flavor profile that reflects its Wyoming origin. A total of 120 bottles will be made available in November for $300. Wyoming Whiskey is releasing the sixth expression of its signature Outrider Straight American Whiskey, which is a blend of two distinct high rye mash bills, but neither qualifies as a true rye, and Outrider quickly became a favorite amongst whiskey connoisseurs across the country and has a history, unlike any other product in the Wyoming Whiskey portfolio. Wyoming Whiskey continues to use the nose of its industry-renowned master blender, Nancy Fraley, to fine-tune each new Outrider expression through barrel selection and a specific blending process. This year's Outrider will be available in select U.S. markets, aged a minimum of five years, proofed at 100, and for $75. Lastly, Wyoming Single Barrel—sorry, Wyoming Whiskey's Single Barrel Bourbon—represents the top 1% of bourbon barrels sampled each and every year. Hand-selected barrel is bottled at 96 proof to maintain the character at which defines it. It's aged for a minimum of five years, and no two barrels are alike. This was chosen from six r- rick houses for its singular character and taste. And each barrel will yield approximately 180 bottles that capture the unique bourbon and moments in time. And it'll be priced at $100. They've been coming out a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. they That's what it said. Like following on the heels of their Yellowstone 18 something is now these. So that's just constantly just cranking out new stuff. That's what people want. That's what we've realized. You can't, you can't oh, have the same old, same old anymore. I know. That's what we need to do.
1: Uh a discussion on is the everyday bourbon dead.
0: <laughs> that's true. Or is it just, you know, limited release always. The only thing that people see clamoring and always buying is one well or one oh seven off the shelves. No matter that or Eagle Rare 10, I'll see people buy yeah. that no matter what. Other and than stupid that, green, really label. <laughs> <laughs> green label. Green label. Yeah, there's that's a that's a whole other discussion. But I'll, I mean, don't be wrong. I still like Weller 107 Eagle Rare. Oh yeah. I i would consider 107,
1: even though it's original tension, but like I would consider, I wouldn't consider it every day
0: now, but like Weller Green, I would, I guess. Well, you can't find it either of them any day in Kentucky. So yeah. Don't come here trying to think you're going to be bourbon hunting. We ain't got none for you. Mm-mm. <laughs> Go to Ohio. <laughs> turn around, turn around. <laughs> Head north. So Angel's Envy, they're releasing their annual cask strength edition. And this is the 11th cask strength release made from some of the most distinctive barrels in their rickhouse and aged for an additional 14 months in port wine casks. And this year, it's proofed at 119.8. And no mention of the price, but we'll just say 200. That's probably about right. It comes in a nice wooden box, too. It does. It has a casket. Yeah. <laughs> it does have a casket. Mm-hmm which is i mean it, it is it looks nice actually it does there look was nice. some years are better than others i had some from a few years ago and i think they're they're like chinese things and the wood just chipped off and the it just wasn't, it wasn't good quality i think it's gotten better over the years though and i can't remember i haven't had one of these in a while they
1: sometimes they're really good sometimes they're really hot um but uh
0: sometimes they're like, really porty <laughs> sometimes they're some extra port in there. <laughs> I'm I'm just throwing shit against the I wall. Know, I have no idea. I haven't which... I haven't tried it in forever, so it's been a while. They don't they don't hand out samples of the uh, of that anymore. We we have we get some of the other limited releases that Angel's Embassy does, but they don't really send the cash strength. Yeah, I remember
1: the Mizanara and the other.
0: Yeah, the know. Ice Wine finish, and I think some other ones. But, but. all right, let's keep going here. Booker's bourbon, they're releasing the third batch of the 2022 collection, which we should probably save this for another uh, topic is all of a sudden like Booker's used to be Booker's, but now it's called a collection and they have years and whatever. So yeah, because they learn nobody wants the regular Booker's. They want Nobody wants just regular Booker's. They want a story. Well, guess what? Here's your story. So this batch is named after Booker knows signature drink, which he fondly referred to as Kentucky tea. As one could imagine, Booker loved the flavor of bourbon, especially his namesake brand, Booker's Bourbon. Since the flavor still pulls through when mixed with water, Booker would add one part of bourbon to four parts water and enjoy his Kentucky tea with dinner. One night when a reporter was at Booker's house for supper, he asked why he drank Kentucky tea. and Booker shared that there was no reason to flavor his water with tea leaves when he could flavor his water with bourbon. It was that simple. (laughs) Kentucky tea was his drink. He would that drink sounds it. Sounds like him. Yeah, he said it says even here they would drink it. He would drink it with country ham or a fish dinner, and would talk about how the flavor notes of Kentucky tea was a perfect compliment to the food. This is age seven years, four months, and fourteen days, proofed at one hundred twenty six point five, and has a ninety dollar suggested retail price. Oh, that's good. They're putting the age on it now. Mm. Well, they don't put that, the. I don't. I think they, they always have. Um, because really? every time we yeah so every they time didn't. We, yeah every time we've done a release they they have it. It's in very small print, at least on the, the sell sheet or the press release that they send us. I have no idea. I haven't, I'm sorry. I haven't bought a bottle of Booker's in a while. Uh, I've got probably like 10 in the back room because I bought so many years ago, but I, I think they still put that information on there, but I could be wrong. Well, they used to not have the age on it and it used to just be mostly like a six year blend. (laughs) Yeah, um, most of the time it had been, it, it was in like the upper fives and mostly sixes. I think this is probably one of the older ones it's been for a little bit. Yeah. I always like bookers. They're, they're good. Especially these new
1: batches. They're fun. Oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for them too, so good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, know, you got that you got that Bardstown connection with it, so. That's I true. Can that. I can see that. Yeah. All right. So, you know, talking about, you know, Wyoming Whiskey, they've been on a roll talking about new stuff, but so was Hirsch. And so now Hirsch oh, selected yeah. whiskeys. They're announcing they got a new, new camps out campground or <laughs> new camping. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the the the, the tent version of the bouvier or whatever it was. Now um, it, this one, it's I'll, I'll give it. It was. Let's go back to the no nonsense names. So this one is go. If you remember, if if you asking me that it goes to uh, Ohio State University, would I tell you it's not Ohio State University? It's the, the the yeah, Ohio State yeah. University. And so this one is called the Cask Strength Finished in Cognac Barrels. <laughs> <laughs> they had the in italics. So I would assume that that was really meant to be emphasized there. Oh, boy. So, so with only 9,000 bottles available nationwide, this exclusive release has been aged for six years before finishing in 30-year-old Hein Cognac exo Barrels for 18 months. The mash bill is comprised of 72% corn, 13% rye, and 15% malted barley. 54 barrels of their oldest bourbon was uh, actually taken and rested in these cognac casks, and is bottled at cash strength with a proof of 127 and has a suggested retail price of $200. Wow. That's uh, got some price tags today. <laughs> yeah. Well, 9,000 bottles, 200 bucks. I mean, you know, it'll generate some revenue for them. They're out in California. It'll probably clear out there, so. That's true. That's true. That's a a lot of BevMo's to hit. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. And here's our last one for the evening or the day or the drive or the run or whatever you're on right now. And that's that Lux Row Distillers has announced their newest variant in the Ezra Brooks brand family. And that's Old Ezra 7-Year Straight Rye Whiskey. And Old Ezra 7-Year features two rye mash bills, a 51% rye and a 95% rye. It's aged a full seven years and bottled at what they say full proof, which is 114 proof. It's a limited allocation of 3,000 six-packs. And they will hit retail shelves across the country later this month with a suggested retail price of $80. I know the next question you're going to ask, Ryan, is the squib juice. And I zoomed in the label and it said, yes, it even says in there, it says this was coming from Lawrenceburg, Indiana, right there on the front of the label. Well, I I guess it took about a year and a half. I don't know when this happened two years ago, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I I don't think this was the first time I could have sworn there was a, uh, another product that was using the, the squib juice in the, the Lux, Luxro row Lux co family. But this is a for sure definite stake in the ground that I think we could have seen this coming a long time ago, but you know it's you knew right away when it said seven year straight rye whiskey and not seven year Kentucky straight rye whiskey that that was going to be a problem. Not a problem, but that that's what. Yeah, that was I guess be.
1: uh, I guess Squibb saw what in, saw what Sagamore was doing. They're like, we need to copy this and do it on... <laughs> doing <laughs> that low rye and high rye together. And uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but they, I, I, th- I think the word variant needs to die when describing uh, new releases because it just takes me back to COVID like instantly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you got a little PTSD just from that word. I get it. Yeah. But I'm sure it's good. I mean, the squib juice rye is always good. Yeah. And- I like, we like Rolex Row too. It's a good, good place.
0: Oh, I know. I know. Well, we'll be getting, I actually talked to the PR person. They said, oh, we'll send you a bottle. So stay Ooh. tuned. It'll, it'll come to a whiskey quickie at some point in the future. And I guarantee you, we'll go, yep, it's good. It's exactly what you thought it was going to be. It is what it is. It's <laughs> solid. <laughs> yep. And it is what it is because that is the end of this week in bourbon. So it was a nice little short one this week because we're, Calling a little, little, I guess calling it short because I'm in Texas right now. But we will be back next week to the full featured program with other 24 hours of news to bring to you. Go Astros! There you go. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I'm there. I, honestly, I'm, I'm pulling for them. I hope they win. Yeah, I'd go. like to Astros too. It'd just be cool to kind of be in the city when it's happening. If they win, like it'll be a it'll be a big thing. It'll be a wild party at the convention center. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true what game will it be when you're out there game six. Oh, I, I have no idea what the what are the games
0: that do you even know uh, it's tied one one as of this moment they're they're playing right now though oh okay well see uh, this is see, this is uh, the the not timely discussion when people listen to this they go you guys this is this was three days ago we're it's already over so who knows
1: well hopefully in bourbon news you're at least not on baseball we can't keep <laughs> yeah. up with that turn to sports center for that mm-hmm. and well, have a safe trip buddy and well i'm i'm hoping you're doing well there in houston right now so oh,
0: i appreciate we'll, this we'll, i, I we'll truly see do you, when you get back yep and we'll see you all out there and thanks again for tuning in to this week in bourbon we'll be back with more bourbon news next week cheers toodles